start the, start the live stream and then you can share it around if you want to or whatever. The last one me and Sean did last week, two weeks ago, whenever we did it, we, uh, we had some issues, but I was trying to do Facebook and YouTube. So it kicked me off YouTube or it kicked me off Facebook. And then I figured out that it was actually streaming on YouTube. So I stopped the stream halfway through. Um, and it turns out that the first stream was on YouTube and then the second stream was on Facebook. So we're keeping it simple tonight and we're just doing this all on. Could you not do it at the same time? Well, I'm still trying to crack that. I don't know if that takes, uh, if that's going to involve like a, a third party program or something, but still working on the different different streams uh, to, to go to Bell. But we are definitely live on Facebook right now. Um, but we won't, I'm not streaming it yep, live. I see that. Yep. But I'm not going to stream it live to, um, to YouTube this time. So we are live. And hello to everybody who's watching. Rory Fry here with Reformed and Recovered. And I'm joined this evening by my friend, Leah. Howdy, y'all. So we're going to be talking about the uh, topic of dealing with depression, mental illness. I know Leah had just recorded a YouTube video on this a few weeks ago, and she was talking, or a few, a few ago, and she was talking a little bit about self-harm, a little bit about suicide. So all that's, all that's probably going to come out tonight. Um, we realized that this is a, you know, kind of dark subject, kind of touchy subject. But we both agree that it's, um, you know, we agree that it's a, a, a topic that needs to be talked about, needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed, uh, you know, from a biblical worldview. From It's not something that Christians can dance around. It's not something that we can avoid, and we do avoid, but it's something that we need to address like we would address any other, any other issue that, uh, you know, that pertains to our walks with God. So before we get into that, let me... Um, I got a, I got a nice recorded prayer here, written prayer here. I always use this little book of common worship. It's one of my favorite prayer books. And in the back, it has a prayer, and it's called "For People in a Personal Crisis." And it's actually, believe it or not, it's attributed to Augustine. So this is this is an old prayer. We're talking about three hundred something or four hundred something, right? Something that's sixteen hundred years old. If he did write it. But I thought this was a good, uh, I thought it was a good prayer kind of touching on the subject that we're talking about right here. So let me read this and then maybe we'll do another quick little bit of introductions, let Leah kind of introduce her pages and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll jump into the topic. So the prayer says, God of life, there are days when the burdens we carry are heavy on our shoulders and weigh us down. When the road seems dreary and endless, the sky is gray and threatening when our lives have no music to them and our hearts are lonely and our souls have lost their courage. Flood the path with light. Turn our eyes to where the skies are full of promise. Tune our hearts to brave music. Give us the sense of comradeship with heroes and saints of every age. And so quicken our spirits 
that we may be able to encourage the souls of all who journey with us on the road of life to your honor and glory. Amen. That was a prayer of personal crisis. I figured that was a good one because recovery is definitely, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, depression is definitely a personal crisis. So that'd be a good place to start. But I mean, if you're watching this on Reform and Recovery, everyone pretty much knows who I am. I'm, I'm Rory Fry. This is my ministry, my page. Um, but you might not be so familiar with, uh, with my friend Leo over here. So Leo, do you want to kind of introduce yourself? And I your- can do that. Uh, my name is Leah Fiore Tracy, and I have a page, and it's called Take Me to Eternity. Um, I have a blog, vlog, podcast, just a bunch of stuff. You can find me. Um, most podcasting sites on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and I have a website that's www.takemetoeternity.com. Um, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm, I homeschool my kids. I'm a crafter, and I love to dig into the Word, and I just absolutely love to study God, um, know who He is, and He's awesome, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of experience with this topic, so should be interesting to talk about. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember uh, who first who first introduced the topic. Was it you? Maybe who introduced? Um, I think I was talking about doing my podcast because I've been prepping for it for a while. It took a lot of um, time and different sources looking into it that um, before I was able to actually put it out because it's such a hard subject to talk about. It's very difficult and um, touchy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I like that we've both done, you know, we both kind of covered it independently. Um, I've done a couple. I did one on dealing with depression. I did another one that I, I had written. I initially had written Oh, I think it was a day or two before my um, my sister passed about a year ago. So there was you know kind of dealing with grief. I've covered Psalm 43 a number of times, which we're going to read here in a minute, which is, you know, uh, uh, essentially a psalm of a psalmist dealing with depression. Um, I put up another video the other night, Psalm 121, which I'd initially wrote that. And that was kind of dealing with just insecurities and and all those kind of nasty feelings. So it's something I've covered. It's definitely something that you've covered um, because we, you know, we want to be helpful. We think it's, you know, we think it's a pertinent subject, but also I think it's something that we've both experienced. So I think we're, we're talking from a place, not of just people who've read books on this, who've listened to sermons on it and, and lectures on it, but also people who have experienced it personally. And then I know in your family, you guys have experienced it on an you know, even broader scale as well. Yeah, my family has a, a history of, um, of issues and um, just struggles with mental health. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I mean, my family, my family definitely does too. So, my, my dad actually had had two siblings that I, I think both of them were actually institutionalized at one point. Uh, an uncle of mine and then uh, and then an aunt of mine have had struggle with mental health stuff. And then as you guys know, my brother and me both have 
both have addiction issues, which I know that is in your family background as well. Yep. I think more people have problems with depression and uh, mental health than anybody would even think that would be possible. I mean, you talk to people and like everybody has had some kind of um, hard hardship with um, their own inner thought life, you know? Sure. And I will say one of the things that I definitely like about you is you know, although you're not personally in recovery, I feel like you're sympathetic to it. You, you know, you want to understand it. And then again, the family background kind of, I, I think it gives you an, a, a unique perspective and, and it gives you a good voice. And I love, you know, having you on and talking about this kind of stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah. So both Leah and I wanted to, before we get into this, we wanted to kind of preface this entire conversation because we're trying to dodge a couple bullets here. We know that we're 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 touched we're, we're touching on a subject that is, like I said, it, it's a tough subject, kind of a dark subject, and it's a subject that we both feel that people can have some pretty extreme, some pretty extreme opinions on. Um, like for instance, there are some people who, you know, they'll they'll approach the the subject of depression, and they want to talk about it from you know the starting point of mental illness they understand it as a mental illness um for them it's all mental illness and if you don't you know, if we don't give enough credit to that those people they're going to feel shortchanged then you also have another extreme that's over here that doesn't want to talk about the mental health thing wants to talk about how this is this is all sin based or this is all in your head or behavior based you have that kind of set of voice too that would feel shortchanged if we don't address it from that. So we both want to just, you know, let people know that we're speaking from our experience and we're speaking from how we, we kind of understand this. We're not trying to offend anybody if we don't, you know, include or, or, you know, cover an area of this subject that, um, that you feel is important. You know, we're not doing that again. We're not doing that to shortchange you. We're really doing this from again, place of experience. And then also kind of where we're at, like where we understand this. Um, and we're trying to be as you know, true to ourselves as we possibly can. So we're not trying to. Yeah, think- there's a lot of facets to it. So it's a really broad, super broad subject. And there's so many different facets. There's no way we could cover all of them. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And that, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And we had talked about in the past too. Like, I definitely feel like there's a tendency to really generalize when it comes to this topic. And, you know, doing these podcasts from a Christian point of view, the Christian world is extremely guilty of just wanting to shoehorn this into, into one category, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of them want to just completely shove it under the rug and act like if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be dealing with any of these things. And I mean, the whole Bible, you look at the people in the Bible and they all struggled with different things. You can't just um, say if you're a Christian and you uh, and you have enough trust or faith that you're not going to have um, angst or depression. I mean, Jesus had angst when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, he he was so full of angst that he sweat blood. And that is God. You know, he. He didn't lack faith or trust, 
um, he just saw his circumstances and um, circumstances can be hard. They're sure. difficult. Yeah. And then again, so sometimes like, okay, so I was thinking about it earlier. It's like, I was just thinking of all the different things that could potentially cause depression. And I had, dude, I had a list of like 30 things. And that was probably really just, that's probably a short list in the grand scheme of things. Cause it could be anything from diet, not getting enough exercise, not getting enough sleep, um, using drugs, not using drugs, taking medications, not taking medications, going through a divorce in a bad relationship, physical abuse, um, PTSD, childhood trauma. I mean, the, the list of what could be the cause of the depression, it, it's, it's just enormous. It's just so enormous. So I definitely have, I titled this dealing with depression. So I'd rather, and I had told Leah, I don't really necessarily want to get into causes and conditions of this so much. I'd rather share some experience and then also share some experiences of, you know, how have we coped with it or, you know, offer some, Hey, these are some good methods or these are some good suggestions on how to deal with these things. So in recovery, we might say, we're not going to deal with this, the problem so much. We want to deal with the solution. We want to get to the hope. We want to get to the, the gospel of the whole thing. Don't want to necessarily dwell on the cause of it and the problem of it, but we want to get to the, um, get to the solution of the whole thing, which being a recovery page, it we're solution based. We want to offer people, you know, real life, tangible, applicable stuff that they can, that they can practice in their lives and use in their own lives, not just throw a bunch of, you know, theology, philosophy, psychology, anthropology. I mean, depression really kind of, it touches all of the ologies, you know what I mean? It touches all the, <laughs> all the different disciplines and they all have a voice on that. So I think if we can just kind of, you know, again, from a place of personal experience and then offer people hope that I think that's what I want to do no matter what at the end of this is just offer people hope who might be going, who might be struggling with it. Well, I think in the midst of everything, that's what we need is hope. I mean, to know what our foe is, is huge, you know? Um, it, we need to know who our enemy is. My stepmom tells me all the time, like, know your enemy. Once you know your enemy, then you know the battleground. But I mean, you still have to have the hope and you have to have the, um, the things that are going to help you get to the other side of it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of causes. There's a lot of things that can, um, trigger you or, um, push you down, but you can't stay there. And, you know, hope is huge, especially in, you know, people with depression. Um, that's the biggest, one of the biggest things is you get to a point of hopelessness and then you feel like you can't do anything. You can't get anywhere from there. And um, people need to see that there's a light and they can cling to it. You know, we're not always going to feel better. And, oh. you know, life's going to be hard. We're not always going to feel better, but we have to know that there's a, there is a, another side, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, yeah. I mean, now that you're bringing that up, I think it's important to say just like, sometimes it doesn't go away. I, I remember when um, I gave one of my videos on the topic, a, a friend of mine in a comment, and this is, you know, this is nothing against my friend. Again, this is kind of where they're at with it and their, their experience with it. And they said, 
when I'm feeling depressed or feeling down, I, I say a prayer. I ask God to take my depression away and he takes the depression away. And then, you know, and then everything's okay. And in my head, I'm like, see, I don't deny that that's a possibility, but for what about the person who's prayed one time, four times, 4,000 times, 4,000 and 449 times and the depression still hasn't gone away. Um, because this stuff, it hangs on. You wake up with it in the morning. You go to bed with it during the day. Um, you're at work. This stuff's weighing on you sometimes. It, 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 it hangs on and, and it doesn't always go away. Um, and uh, I, think that, I think that's normal. I think that, you know, if we looked at, if we looked at like say the DSM, right? I don't know if you guys know what the DSM is, but the DSM, it's the, um, it's the manual, it's literally a manual. And that's what they use to diagnose mental illness. So they have these kind of questions when you're counseling somebody, these questions and this information that you're gathering from them. And a lot of the different illnesses, it's like, okay, this has to have occurred over a six month period or this has to have occurred over a three month period, right? So I'm just using that to illustrate that this stuff hangs on. This stuff doesn't just go away. This stuff isn't just snap your finger and this stuff goes away. Criteria for a lot of this is it's hung on for three months. It's hung on for six months. So that means that it's not just seasonal. That means that it's not just temporary. That means that it's hung on a half a year and this might not be going anywhere else. Um, so no, it's not one of those things that's, you know, say a prayer and your depression is going to go away. Um, I read this book by Matt Chandler, Recovering Redemption. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's not really a recovery book, but, it, you know, kind of is. And just dealing with different, um, different issues in the church and all that kind of stuff. And he talks about that, you know, as Christians or as human beings, one thing that we're guilty of is we're always looking for that silver bullet. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just, we want that one thing that's going to make the problem go away. So when it comes for depression, we want that silver bullet. I want that prayer. I want that perfect medication. I want that perfect counselor. I want that perfect support group that's going to make my pain go away. When in reality, this stuff doesn't just go away overnight. It can haunt you. You can carry it with you every step of your every step of every day in your life. Um, so I just kind of want to get that, get that out here right now. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to have depression. And I mean, if somebody can pray and God takes it away and it's, you know, the snap of fingers, that's awesome. That, that's amazing, but that's not um, true for everybody. And um, I've dealt with depression, anxiety my whole life. I mean, ever since I can remember. So as Yet far back as I can remember, I can remember being anxious. Um, and for a long time, it was, I mean, for years, it was, I would wake up super anxious and I'd go to sleep anxious and I would have anxious dreams and um, there was no relief from it. Um, and I never knew that God could change it the way that he has for me. You know, I mean, I, I do have anxiety still and I deal with, you know, social awkwardness, social anxiety, depression, stuff like that. But it's not like it used to be. There's like a, a, a hope that is always there now where before there was no hope. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how God can change things. Yeah, amen to that. Um, so let me ask you a, maybe like a personal question here. Like, now, I mean, 
would you say that you're a person who's who's struggled with it and you know suffered it or i mean have you ever actually been like had you been diagnosed with a type of depression or a mental illness or anything like that in the past so when i was 12 um i had i mean i've been anxious all my life i had started smoking pot at like nine and a half you know drinking smoking cigarettes I was just looking for something to help you know and then by the time I was 12 um, I got diagnosed manic depressive so that's bipolar and um, I would rapid cycle so I would um, go super high and euphoric and just feel like I was on the top of the world and then I would just crash and when I crash I would just plummet and um, it would just be really dark depression. And when you go so high and then you jump so low, so fast, um, it almost seems like, like the highs are worse and the lows are worse because it's such a big jump, you know? But yeah, I have been, um, I was supposed to be on medication, but I didn't take it. And I, I decided to self-medicate, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. No, I mean, cause yeah, I mean, I'm probably, probably similar to you on that. Like when I was younger, I'd been, uh, I mean, it's been so long now. I, was, I mean, 19, I think, but I, I had a diagnosis of a mental illness and, um, medication and unfortunately, uh, well, actually two. So they were giving me Seroquel and they were giving me uh, um, oh, Adderall. Not Adderall? Yeah, Adderall for, uh, for ADHD. And actually, I took that most of, most of my, I mean, from middle school through high school until I was, until, they, until I think I took a whole prescription in like two days or something like that. So I got red flagged like this. Wow. Yeah. Well, because I was smoking meth. So then I'm, you know... You know, you're doing Adderall, smoking meth, you know, the two going hand in hand together. But, um, you know, I got red flags and they cut me off the Adderall. They'd put me on this non, um, non-narcotic non drug, which I didn't like because you couldn't get high on it. And at the same time, I was also taking Seroquel because I've also had um, night terrors. Like, I still have them. Like, I, like, my, my wife hates it, but, you know, I still have them. So they put me on this uh, Seroquel, which is for depression. Also, kind of an antipsychotic, and it helps with sleeping. Um, and I was on that for a period of time, and then I quit taking that. And I'll tell you what, that was the hardest time in my life, not because of you know the 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 mental issues, but going cold turkey on my own from a medication, which you're not supposed to do. That kicked me off into this whole other whole other very weird, very weird space. So I would tell you know I would say anybody watching, yeah, that's dangerous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's very dangerous. So anybody who's, who's watching this and if you are on medication and you're thinking of getting off the medication, please do it the right way. Don't, don't get off this stuff. Cold turkey, go see your doctor, go see your psychiatrist and, you know, be honest with them and say, Hey, I'm looking for alternative methods of, of dealing with this stuff. I want to get off the medication. Is there a way to wean me off this? You know, can we make that happen? And, try to come with a, come up with a treatment plan. Cause the worst thing you can do is just cut yourself off from this stuff. Cause your mind gets dependent on it. And, uh, like I said, you could start going to a really, really weird, really bad space when, uh, when that happens. So, 
I mean, I'm really just kind of bringing that up too, because like the whole diagnosis issue, because I don't want people hearing this and just be like, oh, they've been sad for a couple of days here and there. No, it's, we've, we've legitimately struggled with, with mental illness, but we, it sounds like we both have, um, you know, we've, we've taken advantage of alternative methods of dealing with that, with those mental illnesses. Yeah, I think that actually goes to another point that we should bring up. And that is um, a lot of times I've heard Christians say like, you know, God has to be everything and you shouldn't be on medication. And I think that's so dangerous for people because um, a lot of times, you know, physical things make it so that they have the depression and stuff. And if you can get treated and take care of, say, a thyroid problem or something like that, that can change a lot of things for you. Uh, medication is God gave us all kinds of amazing ways to um, help ourselves. And doctors and medication is just another way for us to help ourselves. Sometimes we need hand in hand. It could be both physical and spiritual. So, you know, you need a therapist. Hopefully it's a godly therapist. You know, if you could find somebody who's a Christian, they can help point you into a, a Christian, you know, way of dealing with something, which, you know, just involves God as well as whatever else. Don't find anybody who's completely against medication and don't find anybody who is only for medication because, um, you know, there's a balance. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. There's definitely a, yeah, fine. Again, I, and I think, I mean, me personally, when I approach issues like this, I'm, I'm usually looking for a middle ground. I'm usually looking for a voice that's saying, you know, medication, but I'm also looking for a voice that's saying, well, why don't we try some alternative? Why don't we try some more um, spiritual methods before we, before we have you go uh, jump into the medication or something like that? Um, and I usually, I, I tend to approach it like that because that's how the mentors in my life that I've had over the last, say, 10 years when I've gone through periods of depression, I'll come at them and say, you know, Hey, you know, I've, I've been depressed for it. Just, it ain't going away. Um, and, uh, I, I think it's time to get some medication and they'll usually meet me, you know, they'll meet me there and they say, okay, Hey, you know, we hear it. We, we hear that you got this stuff going on. Let's try this, this, and this. And if it doesn't go away, then let's have you go see a doctor and see if, you know, they could escalate things and then, work with the doctor and get you on a, on a medication or something like that. And I'm fortunate that through doing that stuff, whether it's, Hey, buckle down on your disciplines a little bit. Hey, why don't you try a little bit more service, go to another meeting, you know, these alternative kind of methods. I've been fortunate that that's been the answer for me. Um, but at the same time, I've been fortunate to have that support that saying, Hey, if this isn't working, then yeah, go to the doctor and, and see if there's, you know, see if there's some sort of neurochemical issue going on and see if there is medication that's going to be necessary. So I'm definitely grateful to have that, that kind of guidance in my life. Now, that being said, I do understand that there are some people who, you know, you have to escalate it from day one, you have to escalate it. No, you need to see the doctor. Now you're having psychotic issues. You need to see the doctor. Now this stuff needs to get under control. So I definitely, uh, you know, I definitely want to vocalize that too, but I'm grateful for the, uh, mentorship and sponsorship that I have had in my life that's 
you know, help me. Let's, let's, let's deal with this gradually before we go take a jump like that. Well, I think that's another thing is um, that is one of the, the things that God made us to be around other people and be around people who are smarter or have already been given grace in certain areas. And um, fellowship is huge. You know, being in a body with other believers is huge. Being with people who, um, who you can talk to and say, man, I'm struggling right now. And they'll encourage you. That is, um, that's one of the biggest things with people who are depressed. You know, you need to have uh, people to help hold you up and remind you. Like sometimes for me, sometimes it's reminding me like what your brain is telling you right now. It's not true. You know, your, you, your brain is saying this thing, but you already know it's not true. So you need to sit in truth and know and reject what you're being told. You know, when you're, when you're uh, feeling like there's no hope and somebody's saying, but, but you know, there's hope. Like, when, you know, you need the reminder. You need um, somebody to lean on, somebody to help walk with you sometimes. Sometimes you have to lean, lean a little harder than others, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. No. And that's dude, just that community support. It's, it's so major. Um, I, I just had somebody uh, reach out to me through, through Facebook uh, a couple of days ago and uh, you know, like, Hey, I'm looking for some support. Can we talk on the phone? So I was, I, I approached the conversation. And I'm like, you know, usually people that I meet through reform and recover they're you know, they're having recovery issues, substance abuse or something like that. And uh so having the conversation with the guy, it turns out no substance issues, no addiction issues. And he was just real honest and saying, no, like I have, I have mental health issues, um, but I know that I need support. I found your page, figured you'd be a nice person, you know, an easy person to, easy person to talk to, whatever like that. And I realized that I have these anxieties and I have these things that are going on right now. And I'm looking for support. Can you help me? Can you support me? Can you, can you point me to some other people? Um, and I said, dude, yeah, I mean, that's what we do, man. Uh, you can meet with me. I can give you some names. I can give you some numbers of people who might've had a little bit more similar of an experience, uh, what you're going through right now, but yeah, dude, let's, let's get you supported. Let's get you, let's get you your help. And you know, let's, let's, let's get you on the, the path to recovery and healing and all that kind of stuff. That's huge. I mean, you know, God gives us the grace through these situations and we, you know, we're told, we're going to have a hard time in life. You know, Jesus said it's going to be hard and um, we can expect that, but he gives, you know, we get grace. And when we get grace, we are expected to give that grace to other people and help encourage them. So it's always neat to see um, other people encouraging people and um, God using us. It's just amazing to be used by the Lord. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we had talked about wanting to get some passages in here, but there's Second Corinthians, and I think I think you covered that in your. Did you read that in your podcast? I think it's the Second Corinthians chapter one. Are you familiar with that passage? I don't know. I read a lot of things in my podcast. <laughs> yeah, you you did have a lot. Of I don't do references. <laughs> I don't do references well either. So like. Um, I, I will go, Oh yeah, the scripture, blah, blah, blah. And people go, where is it? No, I don't know. I have to find yeah. it. Hold on. <laughs> See, I, I have an uncanny memory a, a way of just 
remembering. I can remember verse scripture references a lot more than I can remember how to do my job on Monday morning, you know? (laughs) 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 But yeah. So, I mean, just on this, this idea trying to identify and, and we receive the grace of God that we can go out and pass this grace on other people. That's exactly what Paul is talking about in second Corinthians, the first chapter. So let me read a couple of verses to you guys right here. Um, and says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you had read that. But yeah. it just Paul saying like, no, praise the God of all comfort, who comforts us, so we can turn around and go and comfort you guys that are going through these things that we've been through. Now, when I read this, I usually tend to think this is probably persecution usually that, that Paul is talking about right here. But, um, you know, if we spiritualize it a little bit, Paul definitely seems to be someone that probably struggled with, with depression, probably had some, probably had some stuff going on um, and being comforted by the God being, you know, being led by the Lord. So he could go out and comfort and, and lead others in that same grace that, you know, that to me is just such a beautiful passage of scripture right there. Uh, the next one for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives. So also through Christ, our comfort overthrows if or overflows. If we are dis, if we are just, stressed it is for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings so also you share in our comfort yeah i mean when you look through the bible the bible talks about you know us um encouraging other people and helping lift them up and um two strands are stronger than one and three is uh, less easily broken. And, you know, the more that you build on the different foundations of um, who Christ called us to be and what the, who the apostles told us, how we ought to live. Um, If we're supposed to love our brothers and sisters and God gives us the grace, then of course we're supposed to go out and share that grace with other people, you know? help show the love of God to people. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, in recovery, we talk about, uh, you know, you have to give it away to keep it. It's kind of, you know, one of the little cliches that goes around, but one of the Bible verses that, um, sometimes people use in connection with that is it's in the gospels. And, uh, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, you know, freely you have received. So freely give away another one of those kind of things you know you've say you've received some help for depression or you've you know you've received some help for anxiety hey go 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 give this help out to somebody else that's suffering with depression or suffering with that anxiety too that's another thing that's another thing that helps with depression though i mean when i when i am low um the more self-focused i am the farther i go into it the farther down i go Um, the more that I focus on other people and um, just doing things, don't, don't sit and be stagnant, you know, don't be a sloth, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, get up and do stuff, clean your room, you know, clean your house. Don't be living in muck and mire, get your everything in order around you and it helps your brain be in order. But part of it is 
being other person minded also, you know, caring for other people helps you um, not be so self-focused and I don't know, it helps me. It totally does. Sure. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Now, let, let me ask you this then, like, you know, let's, let's, let's pretend right now that you're kind of in the middle of the depression or you're in the middle of the, the, the darkness, the anxiety. I mean, is that something that's easy for you to do? Or is that something that it's difficult for you to do when you're in the middle of all that kind of darkness? Well, I mean, it's hard because you, you um, get so focused on yourself that it's hard to get out of that. Um, but that's part of why it's really important to be in our Bibles and to have a body. So for me, I go to church every week, just every week I go to church. So if I'm not going to church, I have people calling me, Hey, are you okay? You know, what's going on there? It's, there's an account accountability there. And, um, and I have kids and a husband and I can't, I can't just duck out on them, you know? So, um, I, I try my hardest to remember that when I'm in the middle of depression or anxiety, um, it's not the end. And um, there's, there's a, a light that I am focusing on. We're supposed to be heavenly minded. We're supposed to be focused on that. So I just try and remind myself that. And um, the more I'm in the word and the more I'm being thankful and praising God, um, just worshiping him and not a fake thankful either. I mean, you don't have to be thankful when you're in the middle of something terrible for the terrible thing, but you can just be thankful that God's faithful. You know, you can be thankful that you get to know him and you get to, um, be part of his creation. He says, you're his masterpiece. You know, if you know who God is and who he says you are, um, it makes it easier in the middle of the depression to remember it and to be able to not get stuck in it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, you know, we had talked about Psalm, like Psalms 42 and 43, which is sometimes considered to be one long piece or two pieces that have a similar refrain, but looking for the light of God, looking for the, the, the hope of God, um, let me let me read it to you guys. This is Psalm 43. This is obviously kind of a, a go-to, uh, another go-to of mine when it comes to spiritual depression or or all that kind of stuff. And it's it's just it's five verses, so I'll read the whole thing. But vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. And now now look at this. You are my God. You are my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountains, the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. But I just, I just love that verse right there. Why are you downcast on my soul? Like the psalmist is not denying that he's, that he's downcast. He's in the middle of this darkness, depression. He's distraught. He's anxious. Why are you disturbed within me? You know what I mean? It's, that's Jewish poetry. They say it one way and then they go and they say it another way. So 
our poetry, we roses are red, you know, we, we rhyme or whatever, but they, they say one thing and then they go say it again another way. So he says, why are you downcast on my soul? Why is my inner man? Why are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? You're disturbed. Why are you disturbed? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. My savior, my savior and my God. It's funny because I have that verse on my um, thing right here and it's in the NASB. So I don't know what version you just read, but it's it's slightly different. Yeah. (laughs) So it's slightly different. It says, uh, why are you in despair? Oh, my soul. And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God for shall I I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Mm. And I, you know, just. I love the different versions in the way that they uh, they just say it slightly different. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I think the, the NASB is usually usually one of the one of the truer one of the truer translations. The, the NIV, I, I like the NIV, but it depends on when it was published. So I don't know. This is like this was actually my wife's Bible, student Bible from before we got married, and it's. I'm so digital these days. It's like, I only have, <laughs> I only had two paper Bibles, but let me see. So I just pulled down the, um, my new living translation, which sometimes says things nice. Sometimes says it kind of funny, but let's, uh, let's see what that's a trip that you only have two Bibles. Cause I'm a Bible hoarder. <laughs> Yeah, I was. When I knew that we were getting ready to start making the move over here, I, I, I really kind of boiled my bookshelf down to like two shelves. So I had to get rid of like probably a hundred books just to make, make the move over here. So, and you know, a lot of them, it's like I use the MacArthur Study Bible for a long time. I gave that away to somebody. A lot of it, it's, so it's not like just eh, threw it away. No, it's I, I gifted this to gifted this to another person. Um, that's actually one that I want to get. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the ESV. I, I mean, I used it for like five years straight. I think I did nothing but the ESV. Um, but yeah, so here's the New Living Translation. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? So he's, he's obviously using different language here, but why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior. Yeah, my God. So yeah, a little different in the new New Living Translation, but I mean, I still think it's getting down to the getting down to the heart of that verse right here of the psalmist admitting that he's going through this hard time, he's going through this anguish, but yet he's he's not focusing within; he's looking without. He's looking to his hope. I, my hope is in God. I will yet praise Him again. So maybe I can't praise Him right now, and I think. That really is talking about the temple and the altar, right? This is the Old Testament. So we're probably talking about like a, you know, like a, a, something more literal there. But I will yet praise him again. I will get to a place where I can praise God again. Or I will get to a place where, you know, I'm feeling normal or, or feeling right again. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 42 and 43. Those are, those are anytime I'm going through it, I, I kind of focus on these things because that reframe. In those two Psalms, we have it, we have it three times, verse five for 42 and verse 11 for 42. And then verse five for 43, it's the same thought. So yeah. 
it's obviously important for God if you put it in there three times, you know? <laughs> well, the, if you look at the Psalms, the Psalms um, are amazing because there's so much despair in them, but there's always hope in the despair. So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, we can be down and we can be depressed and we can be sad. It's not wrong. Just don't sin while you're sad and depressed, you know? Um, keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep Keep focused that, yes, I feel this right now, but this isn't forever. You know, this, this is going to change. God's not going to keep me here. Even if we are depressed and have anxiety our whole time on earth, we still have heaven to look forward to, you know? So no matter what, there's going to be a day when I don't have any anxiety. I don't have any social awkwardness or, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. No, no social awkwardness. Jeez. I mean, (laughs) right. I, I put my socks on the mo- in the morning weird, you know, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine that just like in heaven, we will be able to accept other people, but we'll, we'll be able to accept ourselves. <laughs> I mean, like we, we won't I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Anymore. So I don't think it, I, I can accept other people and their flaws. I don't have a problem with that. Like mm-hmm. if somebody is perfect, there's a problem, yeah. you know? I have a hard time with perfection because nobody's perfect. They're just not being real. Yeah. I can accept other people and their flaws and I can accept their flaws. But when it, it's that flaw in me, um, I am my worst critic. Yeah. You know, I am harder on myself than anybody else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So but, I mean, just imagine that negative self-talk being gone. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's well, but that's part of why we need to be in our Bible though. My eyes and all that kind of stuff. Sorry. What were you saying? The more that we're in our Bible, the more that we can reject the negative self-talk. Mm. So one of the things that I'm really big about is, you know, God says I'm his masterpiece. Who am I to say differently? Mm. He says, he's got plans for me. Why would I think that I'm not good enough for them? You know, I love um, Moses saying, um, I'm not good at talking. Like, why would you have me be your mouthpiece? Because I totally feel that, you know, I stumble over my words like crazy and uh, have a really hard time with word retrieval. I use the wrong words all the time. I mean, you know, I'm like, why am I doing a podcast or being a mouthpiece for you? (laughs) But he's got great things and he uses um, people who aren't the smartest and aren't the, um, don't have the most courage to do the things that he wants because that's how he works. You know, it's his strength in us. Yeah. And I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that's, again, I mean, you, you mentioned like we have eternity to look, we have heaven to look forward to. And that that's the apostle Paul, these light and momentary afflictions, right? They're light and momentary as big as they may be and as large as they might be in our lives, but compared to eternity, they are light. They are momentary. They are, they are a vapor. But then he also, in that same passage, he's also talking about how we have this treasure in the earthen vessels. We have this treasure in the jars of clay to show that this stuff doesn't come from us, but it comes from the power of God. Because, you know. Oh, I know. I know that it's not my strength. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because Paul's a good person too. He's like, dude, I, I didn't come at you with persuasive speech. I'm not. I'm not as smart 
as uh, Apollos. I'm not as, I'm not as, you know, I'm not as cleaned up as they might be, but I'm coming at you with the cross. I'm coming at you in the power of the gospel. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, back, but back to the song. Yeah, one thing. Go. One, one thing that's awesome though, is when you look at um, the Psalms, you know, I was looking at Psalm 31 and I'm not going to read it because it, I, I couldn't pick a part of it. It was the whole thing and it's 24 wow. verses. So I would say, go read Psalm 31 because it's wonderful. And um, you can see the desperation and the, the need for help in it, but you can also see the hope and the looking to God as, you know, it says, I'm like a broken vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, and it talks about I'm I'm just gonna trust in you because you are my God and you are my help. Yeah. And um the the Psalms are great to look to when we're in despair, but we have to see the hope in them and not just look at the despair part because yeah. we can get stuck in that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, the talk about well, I mean the book of Psalms is it's it's a prayer book. It not only is it a prayer book, but it's it's a song book. Not only is it a songbook, but it's also it's poems. This is it's it's you know it's Hebrew poetry. So I write poetry. You write poetry. I mean, just how easy is it for you to pour out that anguish and pour out that depression when you're when you're writing your poems and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's it. That's another coping mechanism, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, writing is really cathartic, and it, you can get out the hurt and the pain and the angst and whatever. And sometimes just getting it out is um, relieving, you know, it takes like pressure off of it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a verse that I have written down. It's like one of my favorite verses. Don't you love the delay on here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who it's coming from, but (laughs) yeah, it's all good. (laughs) <laughs> but what were you gonna say oh no i was i what was you were just talking about your favorite verse um so one of my favorite verses to look at uh matthew eleven twenty nine. it says take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls and there's so many times where i'm like man i need rest for my soul mm-hmm. and when we walk in our own yokes or the yoke of the world it is horrible i mean it's it's terrible i don't want to walk in my own yoke i don't if i uh put everything give cast my cares on the lord and give him my burdens and then i take his yoke like it's amazing because if you look at what it meant to be yoked you're yoked to another so they're helping to carry your burden if i'm walking by myself and i am yoked to the world that's going to suck because I'm carrying that burden on my back. You know, when I'm yoked to the Lord, he's helping me with the weight of it. And he's taking all the muck and mire off of me. And how much lighter is that? (laughs) You know? Well, I mean, well, here we go. Muck and mire. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. This is Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of my despair, out of the mud and the mire. <laughs> yep. And he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me 
as I walked along. So John Piper talks about Psalm 40, those first three verses, or, you know, he talks about it being in the pit, being in the pits with the king. You know, this is, this is, this is King David talking here, the, who is probably one of the closest people to God ever. And here he is. I waited patiently for the Lord. How long did he wait? Doesn't say, doesn't, doesn't say how long he was in this, but I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. David, a man after God's that, own heart going through these same things. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to uh, be confused with the cliffs of despair, right? Oh, that's insanity. Sorry. Excuse me. So yeah, I have. Oh, go. No, yeah. I have um, Psalm 94, 17 through 19 on mine. And yeah. it kind of um, goes along with the Lord being your help and him lifting you up, you know, it says if the Lord had not been my help, my soul soon, I uh, would soon have dwelt in the abode of silence. If I should say my foot has slipped, your loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. And I just love, I just love that because it reminds me that no matter what, God's my help. He hears me and um, I can dwell in the abode. Of, like, I don't want to dwell in the abode of silence. That's that doesn't sound fun. I'd rather have God lift me up and keep me from falling, you know? Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, when doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. <laughs> is that is that the um, NIV that you're reading? I think that's, no, this one's the New Living Translation. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another yeah. good one is First Peter 5, 7. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. tells us to cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us i mean these are all so hope-filled you know these are ones that when you're anxious and depressed you should have them like at the ready <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure yeah when i did my you know my i mean i've talked about it a few times but definitely go to first peter there cast your anxieties on the lord and why why cast your anxieties on the lord because he cares for you <laughs> you know what i mean god loves you he cares for yeah you. So cast them, humble yourself by casting yourself, uh, by casting your cares upon him. Um, you know, and anxieties, that's, that's another thing that's just, it, it's pervasive. Um, you know, doing what I do, uh, working with addicts, you know, working with non-addicts, whatever. I remember I was working with this guy. This was, uh, it's, it's been a while now, probably before I was married. And he was an interesting fellow. And I think I had met him. I was doing street ministry. I met him at the park. And then I was doing these groups over at this, I don't know if you're round table over on uh, Campbell Avenue, Campbell Avenue in Santa Massa, Aquino. Yeah. But, yeah. But anyway, so I was hosting groups there. And then he would come and he's like, he's like, Rory, this is literally the first time I've been able to leave the house. My anxiety is so bad right now. I, I can't even, I've been in my house for weeks. I can't leave. Um, so I was just kind of working with him and like, all right, dude, I, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you're in a bad spot. The anxieties, you know, it, it's crippling you. It's taking over you. And I would challenge him like, but yeah, you know, we got to confront these things. So I would tell him, I said, dude, tomorrow you wake up. I want you to leave the house. If only for five minutes, 
Go, go out the front door, if only for five minutes. And then the day after that, if you do it for 10 minutes, you know, trying to gradually work yourself into these things, but just do whatever you can not to let that anxiety, not to let that pain completely kill you like it is. Um, and I bring that up because what does it mean to cast your anxiety on anxieties on the Lord? I think that could be a casting of your anxiety on the Lord. Like, God, I'm trusting you. I'm terrified. I can't leave my house. I'm going to cast my anxieties on you by leaving, by walking outside, by walking outside for five minutes, breathing. Yeah. There. I'm going to trust you. You know, I can, I can totally relate to that though, because before I moved up here, um, I mean, I moved like six years ago and that's when I started going to church and stuff. Um, but before I moved, I was in like a bad ghetto part of Campbell and, um, it, I had such bad anxiety that, um, I would have panic attacks going to Safeway, you know, I would go into the store, I would have my kids with me. I would fill up my cart and I'd have to turn around and walk out without anything because I was just terrified. It was just completely overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned that it's called agoraphobia. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe if I had been diagnosed, they would have said, oh, yeah, you're totally agoraphobic. Um, when, when I moved up here, <clears throat> I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to deal with people. Um, I was scared of life. I mean, everything. Um, I was really angry too, because anxiety and depression, I, I get angry. I get tired of it. It wears you down. Um, but like you were saying, you have to, you have to go past it and trust the Lord in that, you know? And when I, in order for me to be where I'm at now, it took me going to church and being in the presence of all these people. And I get, um, over stimulated and much noise and too much light and too much people. And so I would get super overwhelmed at church and I would duck into the nursery and I became friends with the person who worked in the nursery <laughs> as a way of being able to be there with people yeah. and not in the main room with everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, little bits at a time and you can get to a point where, um, you know, now I am way more social than I've ever been. Mm. So there's hope, there's hope, but you have, you have to do, you can't just sit stagnant. Yeah. That's awesome though. I, I mean, just you're going in there to hide, but yet you're meeting somebody, they're pulling you out of your shell. You're going in there to hide, but yet God's like, uh, 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 I'm actually bringing you in here because this is, this is going to be the medicine for what you're going through right now. <laughs> well, she's the one who told me you're going to be, you're going to be talking to people and helping people. Like you have to get out of your shell because your voice needs to be heard. Yeah. So she's the one that just kept telling me, um, your voice is important. You need to stop. There's a long time where, um, I would say a lot of things that made a lot of people mad because um, I started seeing a lot of hypocrisy and a lot of um, people being okay with things that the Bible totally speaks against. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so when I started speaking out against it, people were getting mad and I was going, I'm just going to shut up again. Cause I'd rather just be quiet. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, I can, I can do quiet well. Um, 
well enough, in fact, that I have hung out with people for 24 hours almost, and they thought I was mute. So um, I could do quiet. But, um, you know, that's what not what God had in store for me. He wanted me to have a voice. And if you'd have told me six years ago that I was going to be podcasting and doing videos and all, I, I would totally laugh and think you were nuts. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's powerful. That's awesome. No, I, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely glad that we're able to meet and to have this conversation right here and to get these things out. Because, like, I mean, I, I love the church. I, I love the body of Christ. Like, I love it more than anything else. But what, you know, what irks me, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to church bash, but what irks me the most is just how, how fake our fellowship can be sometimes, you know, or just how, how skin deep it can actually be. It can, how quickly it can just turn into talking about the football game, which is a terrible analogy because I don't, you know, I don't watch <laughs> football, but it, it could just become cooler talk in an instant, you know? Um, meanwhile, there are people in our church, there are people in our congregations that depression is killing them that they're, they're sitting in there listening to the sermon with the suicidal thought, with the suicidal plan. And that stuff just gets, you know, can get swept under the rug, like you said earlier, or I mean, I remember a few weeks ago going on, it, it was a, it's a popular, you know, Christian artist, music artist page. And they were talking about that they were going through anxiety man, you would have thought this was the book of Job, the stuff that these people were saying to them, like just, just browbeating the guy so bad. Like one of the ones that one, one person said was don't even talk, don't even mention depression. God doesn't give you depression. Don't talk about it. Don't speak it into existence. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a huge group out there right now that's really, really dangerous, like super dangerous. And they are word of faith mm -hmm. and they are name it and quit. They, um, they say can't give you what he doesn't have. And um, they completely neglect like a lot of the Bible or twist it and change it to make it say what they want it to say. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they, they say that God can't give you. I mean, there's, there's times where God sends an evil spirit on people, you sure. know, and that's a, that's a judgment yeah. and there, he gives people sickness. I mean, he has, it says it in the Bible. You can't, if, if you believe what the Bible says, if you truly believe what it says, then you can't get past it. You just have to go, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong, you know, yeah. but I mean, that goes with, I don't understand how people is, say that they're Christians and then they don't follow what the bible says or they they say well but not that part of the bible that's mm. that's not something i have to listen to yeah yeah i mean well i mean you're talking about you know causes of depression or anxiety anguish i mean saul and david i think i mean i haven't read that i haven't read that story in a while but i'm pretty sure it says that a spirit was coming over saul yeah and I'm pretty sure he's under that spirit when he's trying to kill David with the spear. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not one of those guys who wants to jump to the conclusion. Oh, you have a demon, you have a spirit, but 
that stuff causes problems too. No, I mean, no doubt about that. Yeah, the, the point isn't that there's a, a demon under every rock. You know, no, sure. we don't have a sneaky squid spirit that's messing with us. We don't have, you know, it's not a spirit all the time, right. but there, there could be. Sure. Um, I think the, the point is that God can do what he wants to do. Yeah. And um, to say he can't give sickness or he can't give depression. I mean, you know, sometimes it's a judgment. Sometimes we are um, stuck in our sin and we need to get out of it. And sometimes that's the only way he's going to get our attention. I'm not saying that it's always he's he doesn't just oh, no. give everybody mental illness and depression and all that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, you can't just chuck it all out the window that way you know yeah but kind of back to like just the you know like we were saying with the church i saw that and i'm just kind of like i just kind of shake my head and obviously you know the performer they're at where they're at and the person saying that hopefully they get out of the word of faith stuff sooner than later but you know that that kind of makes me grieve i just see that it's like this person's burying their soul right here on social media telling you that we're going through anxiety and what are we doing? We're sitting there, we're throwing mud at them. You know what I mean? You don't have enough faith. Oh, yeah. Praying enough. It's like, how about, Oh man, that sucks. I know what you're going through. I've been there, you know, Hey, let, let, let's make a plan to get through it instead of, no, here's a rock. Here, here's the mud that we like to throw at people. Um, and I just wonder how much of this, I mean, just how much stuff gets swept under the rug and suicide is not unheard of in the church. It happens. Um, it happens at recovery meetings. It happens to people who have been around long term because they feel like they just, they, they can't bring this stuff up. They can't, they can't talk about it for whatever reason. And that's, you know, that, that, that it's a tragedy. I guess that's what I want to say. Well, I think, I think that goes back to the, the surface talk yeah. because um, we're supposed to be living life with each other. And that is deep. You know, we can't just have cooler talk or surface chatter and yeah. um, really be able to know what's going on with people. And um, it, you have to be vulnerable. I mean, um, it's, it is a self-defense mechanism to only do surface talk and not be willing to be straight up with, man, I'm hurting right now or I'm having a hard time. You know, when there was a point that I had to for myself, um, people would ask me, how are you doing? And I always would put on my plastic, my plastic face and I would, Oh, I'm doing fine. You know, I didn't want to talk about it, but there's a certain point where you have to let your vulnerability out so that you can show other people grace or they can show you grace. You know, if you want to have any help, um, sitting in it it alone is not helpful and trying to cover it up and say, I'm fine. Um, that's not helpful. So you have to say, you know, I'm just having a hard time right now. Or, you know, you have to find people that you can be vulnerable with. And um, that's another reason that good fellowship, find a good church. If you have, if you're at a church, that's not like your family and you don't feel like it could ever be a point where it's like your family, find another church. (laughs) Yeah. You know, my, my church is my family. That's, that's chosen family. Yeah. There's, this is, I mean, it's not off topic, but, you know, we're looking at verses here, Romans 12, 15, this is kind of a verse that I go back to a lot. And in this translation, it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Um, I just such a small 
simple but profound profound verse to, to meet people where they're at. When people are happy, let's be happy with them. Let's let's be authentic. Let's be genuine and be happy with with our brothers when they're happy. But also when they're weeping, be genuine, be sincere, be authentic. Weep with these people when they're weeping. Um, I, I love it. It, it. The Apostle Paul calling us to kind of empathetic, empathetic action right there. Yeah, absolutely. It's super important. Yeah. That ability to, you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. There's a, a verse in Hebrews too. It talks about to suffer with those in prison as if you're in prison. <laughs> and obviously, again, that, that probably had special meaning for them when that was written. Again, I always go back to the persecutions and the, the oppression that they were experiencing in the, in the first century there. But again, you, you're not in prison with that person, but you can suffer with them. You put yourselves in their shoes. You relate to them through empathy. You have a genuine connection. Let's be real people in the church. Let's really know our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's actually really hard, though, to have. Um, it takes a lot of effort and it takes energy. And a lot of people aren't willing to put the energy in because um, society has us going fast and hard. You know, we are so... Um, full of things and getting stuck in our phones and getting stuck on the TV and movies and, you know, all of the the things that we want to do. Um, One of the biggest things that we can do is find other people and live with them, you know, having, having people who we can um, just talk to and laugh with and cry with and joke with, like you were talking about. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's, that's what we're supposed to be doing as yeah. humans. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right, too, though, just to acknowledge that. Yeah, at some point, we have the command. We have the, you know, this is what we're supposed to shoot for. But it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard, it's hard, to, let, it's hard to let people in. Um, so, yeah, don't, definitely don't want to, uh, you know, to, to shortchange that right there and, you know, not you know not be able to admit that it is tough to build those relationships and a lot of people they're they're terrified to build those relationships um you know i've been there believe me i i pushed i pushed my fair amount of people away over the years um and i have to watch it because if not i live dude i can live in my head it's just it's so easy for me to flip that switch and i just check out I could be a yep. room full of people, but I'm just in, I'm just in Rory land, you know, <laughs> not meeting with anybody. Yeah. It's easy to be stuck in your head. Yep. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, talking about depression and mental illness, it, that's the last place a lot of us need to be is hanging out in that head in there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we, uh, we don't talk to ourselves in a way that is right. I mean, I don't talk to myself in a way that I would talk to somebody else. And a lot of times I have to remember, would, would I say that to somebody else? No. Would I, would I be that hard on someone else? No. Why, why am I that hard on myself? You know? And, um, you know, we pull up our own past sins and we pull up our own, um, past hurts and we can sit in unforgiveness and we can sit in, I mean, unforgiveness for ourselves and for other people. I, I can remember my sin and sit in it and just be like, man, that was terrible. I can't believe I did that and um, wallow in it. 
But as believers, you know, God already forgave that. So I don't have a right to sit and um, just wash it over myself. I have to be washing myself with him and his truth. So one of the things for me is learning. I had to learn how to um, stop my thought process and interject truth into it. So when I am just watching myself go down, um, sometimes I'll be thinking something and I'll be like, that's not even true. Like I can't even sit in that because I know it's not true. Sometimes it's stupid stuff like, um, you know, so-and-so's mad at me and I know there's no reason for them to be, it's just my brain. It's just my own um, insecurities, you know? And I think we all have uh, an easy time putting ourselves down or thinking wrongly of a situation. A lot of times, just talk to the person. (laughs) It helps a lot. Sure. So I think we're going a little bit long here, but is there anything you kind of want to, uh, you know, quickly say before we start wrapping this up? I know there's Um, some stuff we didn't get to, and that that always happens with every live stream, but. I think that we need to make sure we're following the Lord. Um, We need to really believe what he says and believe that what he says is true enough that we can say what we believe is wrong. And um, it can change our circumstances by sitting in his truth and rejecting our own um, misguided feelings or whatever, you know. I think people need to read their Bibles. Um, it can help hugely. If you're not a Christian, pick up a Bible. Pick up a Bible and start reading Psalms, read Matthew. Um, there's all kinds of things. Ask God to show himself to you. You might be surprised, you know. Um, do for others, serve others, and don't sit in wallow. Don't sit in your own chaos. Um, if you have a chaotic life, try and figure out how to make it not so chaotic. Um, we need to self-evaluate and ask ourselves why we are anxious or depressed and try and work through it instead of just being weighed down by it. And if you need to find somebody, find a professional to help you, you know, find somebody who can, um, help you work through whatever you need to be worked through. Um, God's constant and people aren't. And if you get hurt by people, it's not God, it's people. So we need to keep the um, the anger for the, the right thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I have a quote that kind of, you know, as you were, as you were talking there, there's this, I haven't read the whole thing, but there's, this, I've actually been reading it over the course of like three or four years. It's devotion, this devotional that I read sometimes and it's by this guy, um, Neil T. Anderson, and it's a one day at a time, the devotional for overcomers. And it was recommended to me by a, a program director from Team Challenge, but it, it's essentially a recovery program or a, a model of recovery, which it, it's talking about exactly what you've been talking about. Listen to what he says right here. Without exception, all the people I've, account, I've counseled have had an unscriptural belief about themselves and their loving heavenly father. 
In order to grow in Christ, we must recognize false beliefs from the past, renounce them as lies, and reprogram our minds with the truth of God's word. Yeah, it's taking every thought captive. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. And it's a whole, you know, the guy created a whole recovery program about this of, you know, we're, we're, we are new creations in Christ. We are spiritually alive in Christ. We were dead in trespasses and sin, but in Christ, we're new creations. We have spiritual life. It's an abundant life. And we need to learn to walk in that and renounce those, those lies and all that stinking things in that, uh, that can creep in. It's, uh, it, you know, it's not, it's not a bad little devotional. So if you guys are looking for a devotional one day at a time, the devotion for overcomers and it's written by a guy named neil t anderson i i think you know it's kind of outside my wheelhouse it's more of a charismatic kind of book um my friend who recommended it to me is definitely more more along the lines of being a charismatic but hey you know truth is truth is truth when it's uh when it's good um and i would just you know kind of piggyback off what off what lee had said you know reach out to somebody you can message me i'm always always willing to you know, try to, if I can't talk in the moment, try to, try to connect with you as soon as I can, or message on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Facebook, reach out to Leah on, on Facebook, uh, take me to eternity, reach out to me on Reformed and Recovered. Um, you know, if you're having that, that bad thinking, that depression, that, that anxiety. Um, and then just to step it up a notch too, you know, see a doctor, call a suicide helpline. If you're having those suicidal thoughts, like, just suicide we've me and Leah we've talked about this and you know just how big of a deal when someone takes a life just the ripples that that has in the community the effect that that could have in the community the effect that that can have on your loved ones um so you know do whatever you can get out of the depression reach out call the suicide helpline go to the psych ward do what you got to do to not to give in to that insanity to not give in to that um not get into that darkness and despair let's call it what it is it's just it's darkness it's despair to get out of it um and you know above all else trust god love god hope in god yes i'm distraught i'm downcast i will hope in god i will yet praise god again like that like that psalm that we were talking about there for a little bit um so yeah i think so i have sure i have a a just one last thing um, I was listening to a Mike Winger video and it was on depression. I don't know if you know who Mike Winger is, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, he's I, really I know good. Who he is. I don't, not one of my regulars. He said, yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate that he loves honesty in the Bible. So uh-huh. he wants to accurately speak truth about the Bible and yeah. he's willing to say I was wrong, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, not a, saying like I Calvary agree with Temple or, or Calvary Chapel, right? I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, he's yeah, a, he goes to, he does, but he also is kind of cautious about it too. Mm. Yeah. Um, he said a few things that has got him in some hot water with them, but um, he said feeling better should never be our highest priority. Mm. When it becomes our highest priority, we start making bad choices. Pleasing God should always be our highest priority, even when we're depressed. That's super hard, but it's really true. And that's part of staying heavenly minded. You know, we want to please the Lord and we want to um, be who he wants us to be. And that doesn't mean being perfect. It just means keeping our focus on him. So 
Yeah, sorry about that. I was muted. I was messing around on the, uh, see if there are any comments or questions or anything on the live stream. Um, yeah, no, that, that's good stuff. Um, I, I do like what, I generally like what he says. Just, it's just kind of not in my, you know, I have kind of particular, a particular, let's just say I have a particular wheelhouse on a lot of this subject. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not always about feeling good and, and ultimately it's about praising God, glorifying God. And we don't have to feel good to do that. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> that's... Sometimes we just have to believe what he says and sit in truth. Yeah. And we're talking about, this is all by grace through faith. We, we praise God through faith. We, we praise God in the middle of depression and anxiety by grace through faith. We lift our eyes to God by grace through faith. It's never through our own efforts. It's never through our own strength. It's, it's by grace through faith. So in the middle of depression, when I'm able to walk out the door and go to work, by grace through faith, <laughs> it ain't Rory Fry who woke himself up that day to do that. Amen. You know, it was, it's the grace of God. So, but we gotta, you know, we gotta tap into that grace. We gotta, we gotta grab that grace and wrap our lives, you know, wrap ourselves around it and, uh, you know, go after the things that, that God wants us to do, you know, because jobs are great therapy. Jobs are not only are they great therapy, but they're, you have kids, you got to feed them. <laughs> you got kids, you got to yeah. put clothes on their back. <laughs> my, uh, you know, my, my duties, they transcend my, uh, you know, <laughs> my good feelings at that moment. So, yeah, I mean, but I think with, uh, with all that being said, I think we can go ahead and close it out. We've been on for, I don't know, a good, a good almost hour and a half, so. Um, well, I'm good. Good. I said all my things. Well, yeah. most of them. As <laughs> good as I can be. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, right? Um, yeah. And again, you want you want to shout out your pages again real fast before we shut it down? Um, I My page is Take Me to Eternity. So I actually have a, um, www.takemetoeternity.com. That's my page. But, you know, podcast places you can find me. YouTube, Rumble, I'm kind of all over the place right now. You, you, you do a lot. You're all, you're everywhere. Well, you know, I'm kind of iffy about when I'm going to get booted off of YouTube or Facebook because I keep getting red flagged from Facebook for the most random, really? ridiculous things. So I've been flagged a few times now. <laughs> On your personal pages or? Yeah. Um. Oh. I was flagged my Facebook page the first time for a historically accurate picture. It was just talking about Ulysses S. Grant. I uh, mean, it was literally, there was in, in the flag, it didn't say like there's anything wrong with it. They just said, you know, it was sensitive and um, it shouldn't be seen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've done everything I've done and I've never had any never had any issues but then again maybe i just haven't i haven't hit those hot topics on their algorithms or something to not you know to get to get harassed or whatever but yeah well hey you know don't get kicked off <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, you're doing a good service you know you're, you're you're definitely giving a voice to uh to a particular set of people out there that need that voice so god's pretty amazing it's uh, amazing being used by him for sure. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. So check out all the pages. Uh, 
you know, keep tuning in with performing recovered. Me and Sean Gregory from Increase from Recovery and Apologetics. We're actually doing another, doing another, really hitting these live streams hard lately, but um, yeah, we're doing another one next Saturday at noon. And we'll be doing a discussion with, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sam Frost, but we'll be doing a live conversation with Sam Frost on uh, recovery. He wrote a book on, uh, was written a few books on a few things, but wrote a book on recovery. We'll be talking about that, kind of his experience getting into recovery and uh, and his his plans for the future. Um, so we're, that's been... That's been in the works for a while now. Me and Sam have been talking to each other probably on and off for six months to set this up. So glad to finally get that done. That's why it's good to have Sean around because I'm a little bit passive aggressive and Sean's just, you know, <laughs> gets in there, gets stuff done. So <laughs> we got to have people like that, man. Do, yeah. <laughs> we definitely do. So, Sean, we love you. We miss you. Hope you're having a good night. Um, and yeah, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this in the live stream and wish you guys a good night. It's 9 30 over here in Texas. I don't know what time it is in the rest of the world. I think it's what 7 30 for you over in the West Coast. So, you got yep. the night. But yeah, with that being said, I'm going to shut it down. Um, love you guys. And uh, yeah, hit us up, hit, hit up our Facebook pages. We'd love to talk to you guys about this stuff. So let me kill the live stream.